Hi friends, thanks for tuning in to In Other News, a random podcast about stuff. The kind of stuff you think about every day. Or at least some days. Here's the setup. Once upon a time, three young guys worked together to deliver news and weather from a local TV station. Today, they're a little older, a little wiser, and they're back to discuss the things that really matter. And a few things that don't. Thanks for listening. Now here's Axel, Joe, and Adam. Hey, everyone. We're back at it again. It's Joe, Adam, and Axel back for episode number four for County Home. How are you guys doing? Good. Number four. I feel like we should say what we've learned from starting a podcast and... We're still at it. We never... 70 people listen to it. We never took any bets as to how long we do this. So here we are, number four. That's true. Well, that'll be episode number five. We can talk about what we've learned from the first batch. But (laughs) episode four is a kind of a special holiday edition. If if we were the Hallmark Channel, we would be... We're doing like a wall-to-wall holiday edition for this one. So um, without... Is the the Hallmark Channel on at your guys' house? Do you guys... You know, confession, I just upgraded channel for that... Cable for that reason. To get the Hallmark Channel, yes, for you or for your spouse, uh, everybody. The whole thing. I'm not. Wow. Nece- I'm not necessarily last in line either. <laughs> <laughs> the Brazos well, have a favorite show on the Hallmark Channel. Oh yeah, what is it? it? It's called "Wind Calls the Heart." I feel embarrassed just saying that out loud. Maybe there'll be a sponsor. Keep on saying it. <laughs> my uh, my kids like it because they see. Um, oh, what's her name? From from Full House, what's her name? The actress who's in every other movie, it seems like. The one that's in jail right now? No, the other. Um, oh, uh, Candace Cameron. Can, yes, Ray. Candace. Yes. Isn't she in just about every Hallmark movie or something like that? She's I think they few. only have like eight actors and then <laughs> uh, they're in all of the shows, including the 57 Christmas movies. Yes. I easily get sucked in. Well, yeah. Well, this episode of our podcast with uh, Axel, Adam, and Joe, we're not we're not talking romance on this one. We're talking about some <laughs> things, some goodness. meaty holiday sort of uh, topics that uh, we've been kicking around in our heads. So uh, we're going to hear from Adam and Axel here in just a bit, talking, getting more in depth about holiday decorations in a little while. Then I'll talk about. Uh, some Thanksgiving-related debates over the menu that are occurring uh, in this great country of ours. And then we'll wrap up with a lightning round a little bit later. But uh, while we get into the first topic of the day, I'm going to turn it over to Adam and uh, to set us up to talk about these holiday decorations that you were teasing us with uh, via text earlier. Oh, yeah. Sounds good, Joe. Uh, you know, so so inevitably this time every year it's time to you know climb up into the attic get out the christmas decorations and figure out uh how to untangle the mess of lights and so i thought it would be good for us to uh maybe you guys can give me some tips on holiday decorating particularly on the uh, outside of your house uh, because it's starting to become a big deal at our house Uh, In fact, uh, I should mention, like, four years ago, we started a neighborhood competition where we go around on Christmas Eve and we judge uh, the holiday lights at the houses. And then uh, we force our kids to run up to their door in the dark of night and uh, knock on the door of the winner and leave a surprise of some uh, sort. Now, 
Amy and I, we stay in the car, of course, because it's very cold and, you know, someone has to drive the getaway car. But this has become a, a new family tradition for us. And, uh, and, and so our neighbors have, have really upped the ante over the last couple of years. And now that's got me feeling like, oh, well, you know, maybe I need to up the ante. And so, so I thought that we could talk a little bit about uh, some basics of outdoor holiday decorating you guys game for that absolutely yeah actually actually uh amy amy asked if they decorate uh houses in germany do they not as much as in america and that is one reason why i love this country because i can live out my christmas light uh passion i love it i'm the guy with the most lit up house on our street Oh, yeah. and I, how many, I bet, I bet you'll know this answer. How many lights do you put on your house? How many lights did you put on your house last year? I did not count the lights, but I can tell you it's 20. What? <laughs> it's 27 strings and 32 uh, extension cables. And this year that will uh, drastically change because uh, my wife and I made a last minute decision this fall to rip out every single bush around our house, which left me with no, with not a single bush to put lights on. So I talked to my neighbor and I bought some stuff from him that he, that he didn't want to put up anymore. So now I have a bunch of those. Uh, so, so you bought, you bought lights on the, on the black market yeah. on the underground market. You bought your holiday lights. You could say that. And I also asked, I talked to my neighbor into letting them. So I'm beginning to tree wrapping, like I wrap our trees with oh, lights, right? It's hard. It's hard. And, but I oh, called my, I love it. It's beautiful. Oh, it is, but it takes forever. Yeah. Especially if the tree is, you know, so thick that you literally have to hug it to get the lights around. But I, I wanted to maximize it. So I talked my neighbors into letting them, letting me wrap two of their trees under the condition that I power them. So there's an extension cord running to their yard from mine. And my dream is that everybody on the street would wrap their trees. I would almost volunteer to do it for them. So how high up do you go on the tree then when you wrap it? Because I I do the trunk, but once I get up to yeah. where it branches out, I'm like, oh, this gets this is infinitely complex. That's usually where I ended. I mean, my dream is to do every single branch, but you know, you'd have to start in July, and um, and like I said, it's hard. And I'm you know the German, being the German that I am, the distance between each row has to be just about perfect. It cannot. It cannot be any different. So it takes it takes time. <laughs> so Axel, you you brought up a you brought up a good first question. When is the uh, proper time to install lights? So when is it uh, too early versus too late? Because here's here's what happens to me, right? Is uh, inevitably we get to this time of year, and then um, it's just determined by how warm it is on yeah. any given day. And this year we were lucky. Uh, we had 70 degrees. It came early, so the lights went up early because there's nothing worse than freezing your hands off trying to install uh, yeah. Christmas lights. And I'm with you on that. But our rule is you can put them up anytime, but don't turn them on until the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, so mine are all up. They just have not been switched oh. on. That would be uh, well, the rule I would follow too. If it is not the day after Thanksgiving, I might give a little gray area to Thanksgiving yeah. night. You could maybe turn them on, but yeah, you, know. you can put them up anytime. You just can't turn them on until Black Friday. Well, how about you guys don't drive by my house yet then? <laughs> uh, all right. I, our lights may or may not have been on for more than a week already, but 
so, so does the uh, pandemic uh, demand a bigger light display? That's a good question because um, part of the motivation in our neighborhood to have lights up is there's always that argument while people have re family relatives over and they like to take the you know kids out to go on a little tour and you question how much that is happening during a pandemic when maybe we're all just stuck at home by ourselves. But I think by and large, at least my wife who, you know, who is pretty insistent on do nothing for Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving, she's eased up quite a bit because she's sensing that, you know, if you're, if you have to skip out on some of these other traditions and joys of family togetherness, why not go a little extra on the things you can control and let the hubby put up a couple extra lights. Yeah, we, I admittedly, we uh, felt the need uh, to spread more joy this year. And uh, we also felt the need, I think, to lighten our wallet. Uh, so, so we got caught uh, at a, at a Menards uh, where they happened to have giant light bulbs, which we did not own, but we always thought, oh, those look nice. The deal with giant light bulbs is they're expensive. Uh, they do look nice, but uh, we made a sizable investment this year in our lighting scheme uh, in the name of the pandemic. Yeah, and that's fair. See, my problem is I always have this vision that I'm going to go to Menards or Fleet Farmer or whatever the day after Christmas to get all the 50% off deals. But yeah. then it's like by that time, you realize how much you may have spent on other things in the season and you wait a year. And myself for the last 10 years. <laughs> It's amazing yeah. how cheap you can get them yes, after the holidays. Yes. True, but do you want to fight the crowds and that? And then they're always picked over. So I'm much like Axel, where I would prefer symmetrical sort of displays. Like if I get the blue and white lights, I want everything blue and white. Not like I've got blue and white icicles. I've got yellow uh, mini lights. I've got bright white lights on the tree. Um I would prefer some symmetric uh, symmetry, but to do that, you need to buy early in the season when the lights are the most expensive. So unless you are saving this and making this an investment and a commitment that you are going to put up these lights every single year and you've got a system to store them properly, oh, it just falls by the That guys, that brings up a huge discovery I made this year. Big mistake. Maybe you can learn from it. So I took my lights down last year. As soon as it was warmish after the new year and I let and you know they were kind of wet or you know damp or whatever and I lay and I leave them out in my hallway to let them dry out a little bit and then I put them in totes and each string is labeled with a piece of uh, tape that says where they came from you know like tree by the street tree by the driveway that sort of thing so then I get out this uh, box of lights uh, strings of light here uh, a couple of weeks ago and they were moldy completely yes moldy. they the first thing I noticed that none of my labels were, I couldn't read them anymore. And I started to realize, wait a minute, they were just a little bit damp yet when I closed that tote for the year. And the stench A was, was just horrible. And then sure enough, there was mold growing, you know, wherever there was a drop of water. And so I thought, I briefly thought about just chucking the whole tote. But again, you think about the money you put into it. And so I wore rubber gloves, put them up and, I hope Mother Nature will take care of it. Wow. Uh, so here's another question. Uh, should you put up the same display each year or should you change it up each year? 
I think so. Gosh, we all have the same thought process here, Adam. My philosophy is if you don't change it, expand it. If you don't expand it, change it. Yeah. So, oh, you know, that, that sounds like a good slogan <laughs> for uh, maybe for like uh, lighting. So, company. as I, you know, I lucked out with, I lost my 20 some bushes, but then I learned that my neighbor, who um, he's, he lives right across the street, it's an elderly couple, and they had these um, plastic, like a, a, nat- a nativity set with an actual wood stable and, you know, about, I don't know, four or five foot plastic figures that are lit with actual regular sized light bulbs inside. And I noticed he hadn't put it up last year. And I said, what's going on? I love this thing. And he says, well, I'm getting too old. Do you want to buy it? So I bought it from him and I promised him that I would position it so that it's right across the street from his picture window so that he can actually see it and his wife. So that's going to be my big change this year. Less lights, but more, wow. uh, I guess, uh, figures or whatnot. So along those same lines, uh, Axel, does, uh, it, it begs the question. So nativity scenes, fair game, yeah. right? Uh, that, I mean, of course, that's part of a, of a holiday display. But what about uh, this, this new idea of uh, palm trees and flamingos? <laughs> is, that, uh, is that allowed as part of a, of a Christmas I'm, display? I think I'm fairly traditional, unless, you know, unless I live in Florida or Hawaii. And I want to give it a bit of a yeah. natural look, but nah, not my thing really. I'm Joe. Any uh, palm trees or flamingos at your house? No, uh, we haven't put up any. We didn't put up any last year. And I asked my family, should we put up something this year because of the pandemic? And you know, because we're going to be here. We're not. We're not traveling. We're we're going to enjoy the neighborhood. Um, and it's kind of a mixed bag if we get another stretch of some decent weather then it may be worth uh going all out and putting up the stuff outside and making sure all the lights work which i'm like axel maybe i put them away the right way the last time maybe i didn't we'll find out when i open them um i'm also one of these guys our family tradition when i was growing up is we'd travel around my hometown on christmas eve and and look at the christmas lights at least dad my brother and i Mom always stayed home and was doing her hair. And for some reason, Santa Claus always showed up <laughs> when we got back from, from checking oh, out the oh, lights. Oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, that was one of my favorite memories is, is just driving around and seeing everyone's displays and, and seeing all the lights. And I tried to start that with my family a couple of years ago and there wasn't much appetite for it. We'd look at a few lights or we'd get some hot chocolate and drive around, but it's, there's not the appetite in my household. For oh that, man, so. we pack your car, Joel. We're all in. We, yeah, I'll I'll go ride with you, Joe. We can go look at. Uh, we can go drive. We even have one of those those guys who that you know they live on a farm and they create a drive through thing, where you have like you know millions of lights and you drive through and you can put in a couple yeah. bucks if you want to help pay their bill, but uh, and but that guy only puts it up say every other year, so you never know when it's going to be it. So, you know, come say first Sunday in December, people suddenly show up at the guys' farm and sometimes there are no lights and people just drive through. <laughs> <laughs> I always admire those people who do the million uh, lights things. You got, you got to be a little bit yeah. of an electrical engineer to be able to pull that off because, uh, you know, I've got uh, maybe 15 strings and I'm uh, still worried about the electrical load, which, uh, which brings me to a question. At what point 
do you get concerned? Is it, uh, I, I, I think about concern is how many times the circuit breaker trips. And so uh, when, when do you get concerned about over uh, loading your lights? Is it on the uh, first circuit breaker trip or is it on the uh, 10th or 11th? You know, I, I have, that's where my Clark Griswold comes out. I've never worried about it. I don't, I even ignore when it says, you know, don't plug in more than three lights. Sometimes it's five, four, six, seven. But I also have an important rule, and that is the lights are only on when I'm in the house. I don't leave. They're not on a timer oh. because if there's a fire, I can be there <laughs> and take care of it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like Axel. Uh, when I do put them up in the, the maple out front and I wrap the trunk and I climb the ladder and I get them up as high as I can reach by myself without uh, breaking my neck. Um, we'll string five, six, seven lights together. At some point, you, you string too many together, then the last yeah. one won't work, yep. I've found. Oh. So um, usually it's about five to seven strings, and then the next string doesn't work. So, um, yeah, that's what we do. I never had a trouble with a trip breaker. We put ours on timers when we have them, though. Um, mix of LED and uh, traditional, you know, incandescent bulbs so that's why i would like to have some consistency instead of this variation that we have on our our lights and you know maybe i'll uh splurge you know, next year you brought up leds joe that's been one of my debacles for the last five years i cannot get myself to switch over to all leds the ones i have were gifted to me but i really i just in my mind i cannot I cannot buy into the math that if I buy a string that's, you know, five times as expensive as incandescence, that it'll save me that much, you know, in the lifetime of the string of light. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, so it begs a question, like, uh, what do you guys do? Cause inevitably, you know, I go and I, I wish I was as organized as you, Axel. I should probably label these lights this year when I put them. You know, I just dump them all into one big giant tub that I can barely <laughs> no. lift at the end of the season uh, back up into the attic. But then you pull them out, and they're in these balls, right, that we put them into the tub with. And you string them out across the driveway. This year, I think we probably had 30 strings strung out across the driveway. And, and then you test them all. And inevitably, there's like five of those strings that only half of them work. So what do you do at that point? Do you throw it yep. out? I, do you uh, try and I have fix a hard rule for that what too. What do you do? I do not exchange light. I do not exchange, you know, it comes with these little packets of spare bulbs. I don't, yeah, I can't yeah. do it. I never had success with it. So my rule is I plug it in. If five or more lights are out, it's gone. It's gone. But you, but you have the incandescent well, that, lights. Exactly. That are, you know, yes. It's what, if I was all LED, string, I would probably right? change yeah. that philosophy. Yes. Joe, what about you? What's your what's your policy on fixing yeah, lights? Yeah, I'll I'll try out the string, and sometimes yeah, you get half work, and then the other half doesn't. So you give them a shake, and maybe it's just a short, and you can get it to go again. And uh, uh, it's usually the cheaper strings of lights that that happens. Then I've got one of those little tools. I think maybe you have one of those, Adam, where you kind of yeah. plug it in and can can splice or, or repair both LED lights and and traditional lights. So I might give that a try, but if it's if I can't get it to work after that, then it's those lights get recycled and um, we can find another pair of lights. I think I bought lights uh, at Menards a couple of years ago, a couple of cheap strings to get us through, but 
yeah, it's, if it doesn't work after that, it's gone. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, so final question for me, gentlemen, when do you turn the lights off for the season? Well, uh, so that's a good question. I prioritize the timing of when I take them off altogether on the, over that. And usually the later in the spring it gets or winter, I should say, the more annoying it is because I, you know, it's suddenly 60 degrees and you find yourself taking the lights out. So over the last two or three years, I've almost opted for the first feasible warmish day after Christmas day. And so the last two years, 2019, 2018, that happened to be New Year's Eve. So they were done. Wow. Done, so your lights done were and off. done yes. and off. Just not dried enough as I learned. So Wow. So, so let's say that you, uh, that you, that you don't get a warm day. How long do you leave them lit? When do you Usually they off? go off by the, well, I think, uh, when is three Kings day, January 6th, I think. Right. Then isn't that the 12th? Uh, or what no what is that called i don't know guys you you're the americans you should know this <laughs> because the whole concept of the 12 days of christmas right and so yeah so i think january yep, 6th yep, is when gotcha. we turn them off i forget what that's called uh but anyway so that's that's our hard turn off day what about you joe that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm trying to recall. I think we would normally turn them off by New Year's. We run them through New Year's Eve, and then they'd be off. Or maybe go on New Year's Day, but not necessarily. That said, we've got a pine tree out front, and I would put green and gold lights on that one. So as long as the Packers were still alive in the playoffs, we would keep oh, that yeah. sucker lit at night all the way through until they would lose in horrible fashion. And then I would walk out immediately after the game and rip those lights out of the socket and then uh, take them down the next warm day. So one second. Well, um, you know, if you guys need to educate you, it's called Epiphany, also known as Three Kings Day, January 6th, celebrates the three wise men's visit to baby Jesus to remember his baptism. So, yes. Well, so is that the 12th day of Christmas? Once I we... guess, but then so many others think the 12 days start before Christmas Day and end with it. But I think it's they actually come afterwards. Mm-hmm. When I lived as an exchange student with a pastor's family, for them, day one was Christmas Day. And then 12 days after that, that's the 12 days of Christmas. It was the 12 days after that. Hmm. Makes sense. Wow. Well, we are <laughs> learning something all the time. So, uh, so good conversation, gentlemen, uh, by the way, if you uh, need a fix for uh, holiday lights, you can drive by my place. Uh, we'll probably have them running <laughs> until, uh, February, uh, this year. So, um, you know, uh, all this talk about, uh, holiday lights made me think about Thanksgiving and, uh, meals and Joe, uh, Joe is going to tease us with some Thanksgiving meal and holiday traditions when we return. All right, welcome back everyone. And so now we're going to get into a a bit of a debate. And we had thought that, uh, you know, there's been a debate raging across America for quite a while now. And it's not political and it's not sports related. It is down to is macaroni and cheese a Thanksgiving food? So if Ooh. if you've looked online or have seen any social media within the past, well, 
three, four years, you find articles turn up about this, that there are questions about if mac and cheese is not on the table, some people don't think it's Thanksgiving or won't attend your Thanksgiving. So, uh, and if you, now that we're in the pandemic, uh, we can't necessarily go and have the Thanksgivings that we normally would have with, with friends and family. So there are easy take-home packs or, you know, you call some of the local restaurants or uh, places and a number of them offer mac and cheese as one of your side options. So I want to open it up to you guys. If I said uh, mac and cheese, Thanksgiving food or not, where do you fall on that spectrum? Hmm. I would say it sounds good, but it doesn't seem like Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I probably, I would take a serving or two, uh, I mean, I wouldn't protest it, but this seems like a this seems like a created thing by the <laughs> mac and cheese industry. <laughs> yeah, I. How about you? I, I think I'd be with Adam, Adam because, uh, and you know, granted, I'm the German transplant here, so Thanksgiving was an entirely new concept when I moved to this country, and what I was introduced to it by way of turkey, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, and corn. And so uh, that, I still go back to that. And it's funny you ask about mac and cheese because just the other day, um, normally my my mother-in-law would come over for Thanksgiving from South Dakota, but you know she won't this year because of the pandemic. So we decided to pre-order her a meal that she could pick up and eat herself. And here I'm sitting in front of that menu and sure enough, the menu option from one of the local restaurants over there, you know, one of the six sides was mac and cheese. And I thought to myself, when did that happen? Uh, and I did not pick it because I figured, well, you know, it's, you, you can eat it anytime. You wouldn't necessarily make yourself a green bean casserole every day. So. (laughs) (laughs) Are we talking, are we talking, would we talk mac and cheese at Thanksgiving? Is it the bigger noodles or is it like, are we talking like craft macaroni and cheese? I don't think we're talking about craft macaroni and cheese. That's like know, special some, mac. Yeah, it's usually like, uh, yeah little, extra cheese. Yep, probably more homemade, bigger noodles, a bit more cheese. Yeah. Yep. So uh, if it's it's truly then just a little bit of research on this one. It's truly a southern thing. So if you the website five thirty eight dot com, they are ones that do a lot of the political uh, number crunching yeah, yeah. for the races. They also do something on side dishes of America's region. So, if you look at that map, uh, Thanksgiving with uh, mac and cheese as a predominant side dish by region: uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. West Virginia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. That is the mac and cheese region of the country. And it kind of makes sense. So when I said some places have that as a mainstay on the menu, and I guess we're seeing it more and more up north here. But one of them, uh, a couple of years ago, my family and I ordered from Cracker Barrel and and took it to uh, visit my mom. Cracker Barrel is all about the mac and cheese. That is one of the predominant choices that you can have for, for one of your sides. I also took a look at, uh, there's an article on, I think it was BuzzFeed, about the top things you can get at Trader Joe's. And the second best thing that this writer said that you can get at Trader Joe's for your Thanksgiving table is butternut squash huh. mac and cheese, which sounds interesting. It sounds, Ew. it's, it's got not kind of, sound, well, it's got a, definitely not Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's got a fall 
uh, theme to it. It's a fall squash with your mac and cheese. They also have normal mac and cheese on their list of top things you can get. And if you look closely at the, the Trader Joe's list from this BuzzFeed author, the top 10 items all have cheese in them except for the <laughs> pumpkin pie. So uh, this person really likes cheese. Uh, maybe mm. it's a it's an American thing. We just love cheese no matter what. That's the thing. You Americans, you need everything creamy or, you know, softy creamy. Like everything, <laughs> even in your salad. It can't be just, you know, vinegar and oil. It has to be a ranch or Italian. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's... how about creamy ranch? Mm. <laughs> well, uh, no, so let's talk a little bit about. Okay, maybe mac and cheese isn't your thing. You can do whatever you want. Uh, if you want mac and cheese, great. If you don't want it, that's fine. But what's the one thing besides turkey? What's the one thing that you want on your Thanksgiving table? And without it, it just doesn't feel like. For me, it's a toss-up between stuffing which we don't make really any other time during the year and uh, green bean casserole. Both of those are must haves. Yeah. Do you, with your green yes. bean casserole, yes. do you put the little fried uh, onion rings on it? Yeah. And do you use well, cream of mushroom I've, soup? Or the last two years I've tried to so channel my inner Elton Brown it? and did it from scratch. And it takes some time, and Ooh, I always wow. burn the fried onions. But uh, so I so I went back to the you know the box of fried onions. But other than that, yeah, it's uh, uh, well. If I don't use the cream of mushroom soup, I just uh, saute some mushrooms and make some you know make a sauce out of it. Yeah, I would say, uh, and then for your stuffing, is that stovetop? No, it's not homemade, but it's that, also not uh, stovetop. Like for some reason, I have this thing about when I buy stuffing, and it needs to come in a see-through bag because I want to see all the bits and pieces. It's just a silly oh. thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Joe, I would say the things that I expected. Thanks. Well, there has to be. I think pumpkin pie, uh, of course. Uh, um, and stuffing, I agree with Axel. Uh, definitely stuffing. I, hmm, boy, I like it all. Uh, and I like those things beyond Thanksgiving, too. Uh, you got your mashed potatoes. You got maybe some sweet potatoes. Uh, but then it begs the question of, do you have marshmallows uh, on top of the sweet potatoes? No, no. No, they're already sweet enough. You don't need to add honey and sugar. How about the marshmallows? How about the canned uh, cranberry? Uh, Not on my table. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As a Wisconsinite and cranberries is the number one, we're number one in the nation for cranberry production. I cannot say cranberries out of uh, love for my home state. So I will say you can leave <laughs> off like mince meat pies or uh, uh, some of those or the uh, some sort of corn with like the red pepper in it or the red stuff in it. No, you don't need that either. There you just, go. Just corn. Corn's funny. What about uh, what about ham? Does ham belong at a Thanksgiving meal? Yeah, because you see that a lot more as your options. And some people just do not like turkey. So I think you can have whatever you want at your Thanksgiving. Ham is good. I also talked to my mom today and she said one of the local restaurants for their take-home Thanksgiving no. options, beef tips. 
is not something I would think for Thanksgiving. Ooh, but, hey, yeah. You know, well, yeah, we're it, maybe it's not a bad thing. Yeah, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I suppose it's good. I'm getting quite hungry now. That's right. All this food talk. Hey, uh, Adam, I think you had mentioned there's a controversial question involving sandwich definition. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so one of the best things about Thanksgiving is the leftovers, which, uh, you know, you can probably get into the, can probably get into the leftovers, uh, what, two hours after the main meal, you mm-hmm. can probably start having the leftovers. Yeah. I'd say two to two to four hours. But, but the question is, what do you put in a Thanksgiving sandwich and still call it a sandwich? So can you, can you make a sandwich uh, that includes turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, <laughs> and cranberries. Because I may have had that sandwich, and it is delightful. I will say I, I need to pass on this one because I've never, I've never had a leftover Thanksgiving sandwich. That is a piece of American culture I have not found myself crossing into yet. Uh, to me, it's all just load my plate up, load it up again the next day and the wow. next day. Until it's gone. Yeah, I've never really made it as a sandwich. I've just reloaded the same meal I had Thursday and Thursday night and Friday noon and Friday night. Um, never tried it as a sandwich before, but, uh, um, you know, if you can have an open face or if you can have a hot turkey sandwich at some restaurants, which is just yes. a oh, slice yeah. of bread. Oh, yeah, the special, right? Yeah. Uh, isn't that what the, that's exactly. what the old-timers call it, the special? <laughs> yeah, the special, the, the slice of white bread with a scoop of mashed potatoes, some turkey and turkey oh, gravy. That sounds good. That's a sandwich. <laughs> so, um, yeah, eat whatever you want. Go for it. All right. Well, uh, I think we, we've talked enough about food that we're uh, getting hungry and maybe we should maybe wrap up this podcast. So, but before we do that, why don't we uh, take a short break, grab a snack, and then we'll come back and Axel will take us the rest of the way. All right, guys, welcome back to our final segment for today. And that is our lightning round. And this is where (laughs) this is lightning round. That is you should be because I have some awesome questions prepared for you, too. This is where we uh, take turns asking each other quick questions, asking for a quick answer. And um, you will be able to tell Joe and Adam that these questions are heavily related to the holidays once more. And uh, the first couple or so are actually ones that we may have already discussed. But I will ask them either way. So, Joe, you're up first. What is your favorite food item on the Thanksgiving table? Easy enough. Yeah, I'll go pumpkin pie. Straight up. No whipped cream. Whipped no, cream or no whipped cream? No whipped regular, cream. Straight pumpkin pie. Uh, regular size. No whipped cream. All right. Fair enough. Oh, regular size is fine. I'm not, uh, I'm not a glutton. Adam, this question is made for you since we're talking about sandwiches. How many days will you eat Thanksgiving leftovers? Five days? Oh, wow. That's pretty. That's uh, pretty. Five. I don't think mine ever lasts yeah. as long. Yeah, day. I well, days, days in the sense of uh, meals. Uh, I'd say meals. You, you got to understand that in, in my family, like, there's a lot of food uh, that's made. So, yeah, we, we can stretch it out till it uh, to the yeah. point that you question whether it's safe <laughs> to do so or not. That's uh, that's the general. That's generally when it's. Wow, done. five days. That's pretty. I think we don't go over three days, but that's usually because things are gone by then. 
uh, Joe, back to you. And we're moving into Christmas now. What is your least favorite Christmas cookie? Ooh. Least favorite Christmas cookie? Anna's cookies. Yeah. Well, that's tough because I love pretty much all cookies, but probably anything oh, that's got sure. candy canes in it or, or, or mint. Mine, no, I don't even I don't like the ones that have any kind of jam in them. Candy canes. I don't know. A... <laughs> mm. Well, you know, there's these round cookies, and then on top of it is another round with a hole, and then in that hole is like a layer of strawberry jam, and ah, it's too sticky. All right, back to you, Adam. Uh, real tree, fake tree, or no tree, and why? Oh. Uh, well, there's a short answer and a long answer. Uh, fake tree. Now, I love the idea of a real tree, but every time I cut down a real tree, it loses its needles uh, before Christmas. So I'm just not good about that. Uh, so uh, what we do is go you fake pump in tree, the scent? pump in the scent. Oh, sir. Yeah. You know, you use candles. <laughs> Interesting. Or we just switched to real tree a couple of years ago. Uh, Joe, back to you. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is another food question here. Do you have a typical Christmas dinner? No, not really. I guess uh, usually there's turkey. Uh, there's it depends on whose house has Christmas. So it might be some sort of turkey, some lefsa, lots and lots of treats, lots and lots of snacky snacks. Um, uh, pie, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, it's just... <laughs> And is it one meal or is it just one continuous meal through the rest of the And day? remember, so, guys, this year, I think um, Christmas falls it, it really on varies. Friday, I think, Christmas Day. So we're talking long weekends. Friday. Yep. <laughs> Adam, let's talk Santa Claus. <laughs> when did your kids stop believing in Santa Claus? Are there any funny stories involved with that? <laughs> uh, stop. <laughs> what? Point <laughs> He's real in your heart. Real. He's real in your heart. <laughs> Santa's real. <laughs> um, let's see. Back to you, Joel. What is your most memorable gift to your wife? Most memorable Christmas gift to my Maybe wife? I should say most memorable to her. Oh, maybe. man. <laughs> to her. We do very simple gifts because we just... <laughs> buy whatever we want during the rest of the year it doesn't have to be a holiday or a birthday um <laughs> yeah. can I ask quick what it was um <laughs> i'm glad i didn't get this question <laughs> this is the lightning round and i'm stumped already I, it was probably something um something sure. custom made or, or tailor made for her or um, um i think i think i've got some photos of us in a frame with maybe it was our first ticket uh, to the movies on we'll our first date um something like that <laughs> oh, i think joe's making that up nope that's we'll have her, his wife join us hanging in our house <laughs> Uh, Adam, back to you. Uh, let's see here. What is the yeah. longest lasting gift you have received from someone that you might still have today? Longest lasting gift. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, um, I don't know. Uh, 
I've got some uh, weights uh, <laughs> that I got for Christmas, I believe, that I don't use uh, very and much. And probably so will. They, uh, have hung around for quite a while. Okay. Uh, Joe, holiday music on radio yeah. stations in November. Thumbs up or down? <laughs> um, can't do it until after uh, Thanksgiving ah. is passed. And Boo. yeah, we've got satellite radio. So there are now a couple dozen channels to choose from of holiday music. It's. You know, it's, it's and my uh, my oldest daughter, who's about ten now, she would play it, or she does play it year round. It's not unheard. You walk into her room and Christmas music is playing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Adam, the final question is for you: How would you describe Ludafisk to someone who has never heard of it? <laughs> uh, well, it's disgusting. False, I believe. Actually, That's false. I am not sure. I am not sure that I've ever had Ludafisk. It's a it's a it's a gel. I, I believe it to be like a jelly-like substance uh, of uh, fish or what used to be fish uh, that uh, stinks and probably just mushes up in your mouth. But it is interesting that I have not had it because Axel, you would my family oh, sure. does German tradition, so they have like oyster stew at uh, Christmas and uh, pickled herring at Christmas. Um, but, but never a uh, Scandinavian or something like that. Yeah, I, like I only had it once when I was an exchange yeah, student. Yeah, yeah. My new friends yeah. tricked me into trying it. It was cold. And I would agree. It, it was like fish jello, but I understand. And maybe, Joe, you're the expert. <laughs> but my understanding is it's basically cod that's cooked for a very long time it's cod i can't remember how it's cooked but it's packed mm. in lye and so it gets very gelatinous and uh my hometown the lutheran church there has an annual ludifice dinner and on a saturday and i can't remember what month but tickets are sold out weeks in advance it's a Ooh. constant string of people going in to get their annual taste of ludifice and it's I've had it once. It's it is what it is. It's not something I would put on my table all the time, but I get why people yeah. why it's a tradition for some people. It brings the whole it brings <laughs> whole right. new meaning to goes down. Well, guys, that's it. We're ending on a uh, on a uh, what do you call it a uh, note of deliciousness. I'm not sure. Not on my not not on my menu. <laughs> and. We've wrapped the first of uh, however many Christmas episodes uh, we'll create. <laughs> Given that it takes us like uh, three weeks to get together and record a new episode, this may be the only one or it may be part one of multiple parts. Um, I was thinking one of these days we'll have to figure out how to get uh, listener engagement in these. Maybe maybe, maybe they could... Uh, well, we need an e email address or we need a social media account or something like yeah. that. We probably need to hire a marketing person yeah. in the other room Intent in the brace marketing house. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey guys, it was good talking with you again. Uh, I probably got to go reset the circuit breaker the way it looks. Sounds good. And, See you uh, later. Have a good night. Until next time. See you later.